Hornet Heaven. Soap. Written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Year, 1996. Part 1. George Catlow recognises the guy as soon as he sees him. But he just can't place the face. George thinks, I know him from somewhere. The bloke is ordinary looking, 50-something. Missing a bit of hair, but not too bad. George's first thought is, is he an old teammate from back in the day? George played at Watford for 11 seasons, so there were plenty of players passing through, but this guy looks about a dozen years younger than George, which makes him think, was this fella a youngster at the club in 1965, when George left Watford to play out his career at Folkestone Town? Someone like Dennis Bond, perhaps, or Johnny Williams. But it's neither of those. George mutters, How, man? Why can I not put a name to him? George is standing on Occupation Road in Hornet Heaven's eternal sunshine. It's the 21st of May 1996 and he isn't happy. After half a decade of struggle, Watford have just been relegated from the second tier to the third tier. The Jack Petchy era is going from bad to worse and George is feeling depressed. He only arrived in Hornet Heaven six weeks earlier towards the end of a season in which he had to watch Devon White lumbering about and Jamie Morley tarting about. And as for Kerry Dixon pulling on a Watford shirt, well, George reckons that was an absolute disgrace. Things at the club have been so bad that when GT came back in February, even the great man couldn't save the club from relegation. Watford are sinking and George feels powerless. At least down on earth, he had the feeling that as a fan, his voice might be heard. But from an afterlife, no chance. He's got to suffer watching Watford for the rest of eternity, and there's nothing he can do about it. George decides to go up to the man he thinks he recognises. He says, Excuse me, fella. I know you, don't I? Maybe, mate. It's definitely possible. George recognises the man's voice but still can't put a name to him. There were Cockneys he played with at Watford in the 1960s, like little Tommy Harmer, but this isn't Harmer the Charmer. I can't place you. Do you know me? No, mate. Afraid I don't, as it happens. Were you a player at Watford? A footballer? Love to have been. But now, nah, mate, not me. George is puzzled. He sure he knows the guy from somewhere. Are you a fan? Yeah, not Watford though. <laughs> Just my luck to find myself here. Watford ain't my team at all. Eh? Yeah, <laughs> it's an odd one. Then what are you doing in Horn in Heaven? <laughs> I don't know. To be honest, I think there's been a mistake. A clerical error. George frowns. He doesn't understand the precise mechanism by which people move from the land of the living into Hornet Heaven, but he'd be surprised if it involved paperwork. So, who's your team then? Walford. Walford? Yeah. 
Wolford with an L, not Watford with a T. Someone must have slipped up. <laughs> Typical. Now George knows exactly where he's seen the new arrival before, and this is what's so strange. Bloody hell! You're off EastEnders! Oh, right! You've seen it. George can place the face now. Yeah, you're a... You're Arthur Fowler. Yep, that's me. George Catlow stares in amazement. Arthur Fowler from EastEnders is standing on Occupation Road in Hornet Heaven. This is unbelievable. George feels a little bit starstruck. He's talking to one of the biggest names from one of the BBC's biggest writing programmes. He introduces himself to Arthur Fowler and says, Welcome to Hornet Heaven, fella. Have you just arrived? Yeah, I learned a bit about the place from a posh bloke called Henry Grover. <laughs> he was even posher than that James Wilmot Brown who ran the Dagmar. Did you know he's a pervert? Henry? That's a bit harsh. Borderline, maybe, I'd say. No, uh, James Wilmot Brown. Oh, gotcha. George thinks it would be kind to help the new arrival settle in, but he can't really take a Walford fan into the supporters' club headquarters, he reckons. So he takes Arthur up Occupation Road to the Red Lion pub. It's not too crowded inside and no one seems to recognise Arthur, so they sit down and chat. Arthur says, So, have you been up here long, George, mate? What's it like? Not so good at the moment, to be honest, man. Me? I'm having to deal with the fact that I died recently. And all of us are having to deal with the team getting relegated. Sounds like you could say Hornet Heaven is a tough place to come. So have what for fans had things bad? I could mourn for Britain about it, man. It all goes back to appointing Dave Bassett as manager. Then Jack Petchy bought the club. Then Petchy sold all our best players, like Paul Furlong and Bruce Dyer. One disaster after another. Sounds like I'll fit in nicely here. Down on earth, George used to watch EastEnders from time to time. He remembers how Arthur Fowler was always henpecked by his mother-in-law, Lou Beale. How he got put in prison for taking money from the Christmas club. How his daughter, Michelle, got pregnant at 16. How his wife, Pauline, hit him with a frying pan and threw him out of the house for having an affair. The writers of EastEnders really had it in for me. I'm amazed you managed to stay so cheerful, man. Oh, I got used to bad stuff happening. I mean... I'm Arthur Fowler. Anything that can go wrong will go wrong. George pauses. He's just thought of something. Wait, are you the actor who plays Arthur Fowler, man? Or the character Arthur Fowler? The character? <laughs> Blimey. What a crazy commitment to method acting that would be if an actor carried on playing a part after he died. George thinks it seems no less crazy that a fictional character can arrive in Hornet Heaven. He's glad his brother are going to end up here one day. Arthur says, I was written out of EastEnders in the episode that went on air this evening, you see. Right. 
What's the date today? 21st of May, 1996. I died on my allotment. To be fair, that was decent of the writers. After everything they'd put me through in life, they had me die in my happy place. George is struggling to get his head round how a character in a soap opera knows he's fictional, but he says, You know, I cannot believe you aren't bitter that the writers didn't give you a happier life. I couldn't do anything about it. I just had to go along with everything. <laughs> a bit like football fans with their teams, I suppose. Suddenly, a voice behind George says, Well, if it isn't Arthur Fowler. George turns round and sees Taffy Davis. Taffy played on the wing for Watford from 1931 until 1950 and then ran the Red Lion for decades. He arrived in Horn Evan a few months ago, in October 1995. You'll support Walford, not Watford. Yep, that's me, mate. Can't you spell or something? Watford has a T. Yeah, I know. It's like I was saying to George here. Walford's nickname is the Wallies, which makes you a Wally. George starts to worry that this might get out of hand. He's seen Arthur get into fights in pubs before. It's okay, Taffy. There's no need to... He's got a cheek coming in here. I want him out. Take it easy, Taff. You don't run this place anymore. Taffy steps round the table and pulls Arthur out of his chair. Get yourself out of here, Arthur Fowler. But I ain't done nothing wrong. Get out. But get out of my pub. End of part one. The story will continue in part two of Soap. They should have brought me in to run the Queen Vic. Grant Mitchell's got nothing on Taffy Davis.